with Alan Moore. It's not the Dolce Vita for Massimo out at the Acriti right now, is it? Finita la commedia for him and Spartak? Uh, well, the thing is with Carrera, um, you know, he, he had a great season. He had, he had a great season last season. Um, I don't know whether a lot of the press now, because with Spartak's current position, they're what in there in eight. They've, they've got 13 points from the first 10 games. A lot of people have got to understand the guy's never been in this position before. Um, he's never. It was great the fact that he, he won the, the league in his first season, but he's never had a second season. Um, I don't know if you've read Leonid Ferdinand coming out there with Spartak and he's come out today and he said in an interview the, the question was put to him are the club in a crisis he says the crisis is only in the papers we were both at the game uh, with Lokomotiv in the Art where they yeah. basically started to fall apart at one point and they just couldn't sort of see out a game and it looked the same with Tosno and there were those uh-huh. rumours swilling around and I say swilling because yeah of course there is a lot of paper talk and Sports Express in particular who are kind of a Spartak supporting club they've or a paper yeah. they've kind of turned against him a little bit against Carrera um, and this thing of like the, oh he's lost the dressing room and as soon as you hear that you start to get worried because you know what mm-hmm. can a manager do I mean he there's only so much he can do do you think that his loyalty or his his need to stay on the good side of Fadoon is that costing him in the long run um, I'm not too sure I think Carrera is probably well aware of the fact that he did attract a lot of attention last season and that the papers are making that link between him and Conte again and we're all you know, sort of hearing about Conte's friend over in Russia he's working wonders and um, what's working against him sort of this season is the fact that that's kind of the novelty of that is kind of now wearing off and um, just coming back to the point you mentioned yeah. about we were there we were both there when we saw them absolutely collapse against yeah. Lokomotiv now a question that was put to him after that was why so many why the team that so many times last season rescued victory in the dying seconds and I'm just throwing it away they've done it they did it against Sitzgar the week before yeah. they lost back to back derbies they did it against Tosno at the weekend um, this is a side possibly um, suffering from the fact that they think they can go out there and beat teams like they were beating them last season and they're already thinking they've won the game without closing it out now in terms of um, Carrera maybe it's a little bit of a saving on his part because he Again, it's yeah, one of those things. He, he does he does have to grab hold of that team and say, "Look, we need to close out these games. We can't just like turn up and and, and and start winning." Is it difficult when you don't have a couple of like you know kind of a a Roy Keane in the centre midfield to grab control of a, you know the game by the scruff of the neck? Is he lacking mm-hmm. that? I mean, he doesn't have that kind of bite in the middle, and he hasn't recruited anyone to do that. Well, yeah, that's that's a fantastic point. But what I would counter that with is. Face, oh, the example that I would give to to um, compare them with somebody else is that Facecar haven't recruited this summer. They 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 absolutely bought nobody. Yeah. Um. On the, certainly nobody no. And but the thing is, Facecar have a backbone to the side. They have a, a mutual three of Wormsley, Golovin, Jadiev, and they build everything over them. However, Spartak don't have that. That's why they needed to buy. They don't have a backbone to the side. Uh, they they needed we own no, it was glaringly obvious that they needed a centre-back. They OK, they bought Pedro Rocha, but was it yeah. really enough to strengthen the defence? Uh, they had Fran- uh, Fernando in um, in central midfield, he's a fantastic player, but you do, you're, you're right in saying you need, they need somebody with that, that just that little bit of grit, that someone who, who, who does not switch off uh, and who can see games out. And, and yeah, they are missing Zobby. 
so Danny, just moving on to, to United, um, great winter weekend, of course, you know, joint top of the table, as you, know, you mentioned that they're um, sort of only in second place because of alphabetical order. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like Pogba could be injured, no one really knows, um, but they've got a, you know, a few like, tasty games coming to go. Burton on Wednesday, Southampton this weekend on Saturday, and then they're in Moscow next week. Um, do United mm-hmm. have the squad to cover that? I mean, you know, they, they've bought well, but they're still lacking a few players, uh, you know, sort of to to be able to cover everything or yeah. am I wrong? Uh, well, to be honest with you, if you're looking at the players we're kind of bringing on, we brought on uh, Martial, who scored at the weekend, we brought on uh, Ander Herrera. Um, United, one of the great things about the squad now, one of the great things about Mourinho is it does seem to be building for strength and depth. He did it, at, do you remember when he was at Chelsea? I think he had of course, yeah. two, first, two first 11s that were world class. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a huge problem um, us missing Pogba it did seem like a bit of a problem for the first probably the first 70 yeah. 70 minutes to an hour I would say against Everton at the weekend but as soon as you found out I think um, well as soon as the thing seems to be this season as soon as we get into second year I think we're just um, walking through teams it would seem I mean, well, I mean, and I mean, it was it, it, like I said, like I mean, that that's like when, when they started to play football, they just like absolutely demolished Everton. And the joke was kind of they they were polite enough to wait till Wayne Rooney went off. So you know, it was yeah, kind of that, yeah. you know. But um, just move, moving on then to the um, you were at the World Cup ceremony, uh, the trophy ceremony on Saturday at Erdlochniki. Uh-huh. Listen, Danny, describe the buzz that was there because many of our listeners, you know, uh, wherever they may be, uh, they you know they've seen pictures or they've read about it a little bit, but. What, like, was there a massive buzz? Was there an energy out in the stadium on Saturday? Oh yeah, and it, the, the buzz was fantastic. It was something you felt straight away when you when, when you entered the stadium. I, I mean, Luzhniki looks. I don't know if you've been down, Alan, but it looks yeah. absolutely fantastic, especially on a, on 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 a good day. Um, I found tickets went on sale on Thursday, and I've been already inundated with messages from family and friends. <laughs> I can how do we sign? How do we sign up? How do we get the fan ID? And, uh, yeah, there's, there's just a fantastic buzz. Um, me personally, being at that um, trophy tour uh, kickoff for yep. the World Cup trophy tour, um, it was absolutely fantastic. There were 15,000 kids on the pitch playing Whoa. football, and you can just see from these kids, these kids' faces, they knew where they were playing. They were, they were playing on, you know, the, the, the World Cup, the stage for the World Cup opener and, and the final, and it meant an awful lot to them. Um, Oh, I mean, yeah, hopefully, yeah, like if we can get some of those kids in and like you know, bring them into the game and keep them in the game, that's going to be that's that's basically the the main legacy to leave behind. Um, uh-huh. Danny, you're not the type of person to go around like shouting that or shouting around the houses about how great you are. But uh, you're a week after doing a half marathon in Minsk. Next week, you're doing a 10k race here in Moscow, followed by a, a marathon in Kiev. That's on October 8th, I believe. Listen, are you preparing for the 2020 Olympics, or you're doing something far more important? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not, uh, not aiming that far. No, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. The thing is, um, yeah, I'll be doing it. I've just done the Minsk um, half marathon. I'll be doing the, the 10k in Moscow and then the, the marathon in Kiev, uh, and that's all the money. It's all going towards then. Um, it's all going to Autism UK and um, the Manchester Memorial Fund, which is to build a permanent memorial for the uh, the 20 victims that died uh, back in May in a terrorist attack so yeah that's uh, all raising money for that and if you, if you, if you can donate it's, uh, it's a GoFundMe page Capital Sports with Alan Moore